0: Hello and welcome to A Murderous Affair. Happy spooky season, y'all. And I am so excited. It's officially only like a week and a handful of days until Halloween. So to celebrate, we are going to continue with our women in horror trope bingo. Figuratively. I didn't actually make a bingo board for this, mostly because I have no idea how we would have all played it. But if you are interested in doing that, I'm sure there's some out there. Today, we are talking about... Shayna Hubers, who was convicted of murdering her on-and-off-again boyfriend, Ryan Poston. Now, I found this story in this wonderful book called Porn and Murder. This is an actual book that I own on my Kindle account, and it is surprisingly good. I wasn't expecting that much when I got it, mostly because it was free, and I'm actually surprised by how much I enjoy some of the writing in it. I mean, you hear the title and you think, okay, obviously this is going to be really campy, and it's going to take a look at murders committed by sexy women who were portrayed as the total femme fatale, black widow type of person. And believe me, it is. Like, there is definitely that in there. But... The writing is actually really good, and it's interesting enough that you can actually enjoy the stories that they cover as well. Plus, it's filled with tons of insight and quotes from interviews from different lawyers and investigators, court transcripts, They really did their homework here. It just kind of feels like a script for like one of those true crime TV docuseries. And I appreciate all the work they do because it makes my job a little easier. Let's talk about Shayna Hubers this week, the seemingly good girl gone bad who murdered her boyfriend in what she claimed was self-defense. And at the end, we'll discuss what other tropes in horror she's similar to and some other women who are portrayed in horror movies as kind of under the same paintbrush. Hubers was born on April eighth, nineteen 1991, which would make her only 30 years old as of right now. When she was convicted of murder, she was only 21 years old, which is crazy because that's like just when you're starting out your life, basically. By all accounts, she was extremely smart. In an interview with a woman who apparently had grown up with Hubers named Sarah Robinson, Hebrews was, quote, close to genius in my opinion. I mean, she was always in AP classes, always getting A's on everything. She liked to succeed at anything and everything she did. Of course, the interview ended up getting steered towards boys. And Robinson said that when it came to boys, Hubers could be dramatic. Quote, if a guy broke up with her or something like that, she would take it pretty hard, crying and maybe a bit of screaming. She didn't like to let things go. So quick side note, I may have mentioned this before, but just in case. Whenever I hear these interviews coming out about, like, the convicted people and what they were like however many years ago, I always take them with a grain of salt. Like, how many people are coming out of the woodwork for their five minutes of fame in the spotlight? And really, do they actually know or have any kind of, like evidence interacting with this person or are they just kind of saying whatever would sound good for a soundbite. Moving on, Hubers was described as being quite quiet and voted most likely to succeed at Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School, graduating in 2009 and going on to college. Her family was comfortable middle class and she graduated from Kentucky's School of Arts and was actually getting her master's degree in counseling when she ended up getting convicted for her murder for murdering her on again off again boyfriend Ryan Poston she met Ryan through Facebook's recommending mutual friends system apparently hubers had shown up in one of his friends tagged photos from a spring break and Ryan thought that she was extremely attractive now once again i'm stopping this whole script thing to point out that at this point she was only like 19 and he was 29 and that is a huge age gap of difference that kind of raises a bunch of red flags for me it doesn't excuse murder or anything like that you know it just doesn't seem like it would be a scenario i would recommend to any 19 year old girl so ryan was a 29 year old lawyer and business owner who came from a successful family of lawyers they began to officially date after talking online and then going on their first official date in person overall their whole tumultuous relationship lasted about a year throughout the relationship thousands of messages were exchanged between the two a majority of which were from Huber's and directed towards Ryan. She would post pictures of them on Instagram and they would send photos to each other and ended up sending an actual total of 20,000 Facebook messages. Now, it was actually estimated in police reports that for every 50 messages Huber's sent, Ryan would respond with one. Friends of Ryan claimed that for all Huber's would say and post on social media, they were never in an official committed relationship. According to text messages, Ryan had made three attempts to break up with Hubers, all of which she ignored. There's also records of Ryan texting his cousin and saying, I received 75 messages from her. I am emotionally drained and mentally spent. I hope she leaves me alone. And yet, despite feeling tired of the relationship, they would still go out and do things together. Ryan introduced Hubers to some of his friends, and one of them, Allie Wagner, claimed that she knew there was something wrong from the beginning. She said that Hubers was cold at their first meeting, and Allie felt that, quote, you could immediately tell that she was obsessed with him. Ryan, apparently, was also quickly tired of the constant messages and drama that seemed to follow her. This is crazy, Ryan texted his cousin. She's shown up at my condo three times and refused to leave each time. Now, one of Ryan's neighbors, Nikki Carnes, was friendly with both Ryan and Hubers and says that she believes it was more than what Ryan was making it out to be. Apparently, this neighbor believes that Ryan was emotionally abusing Huber's saying that Huber's would complain, that Ryan would put her down, saying things like he told her to get a boob job or a facelift or she needed to lose weight because she was fat. Cards also goes on to say that instead of leaving Ryan when he would say these things, Huber's stayed with him because, quote, she was young and always told me that she loved him. She would do everything for him, taking his dog outside and picking up and doing his laundry. But eventually, enough was enough for Ryan. Soon, he would be very clear with Hubers, saying that at this point, he was only with her because he felt bad when she cried and he wanted to take a break. In a text message to a friend, Hubers typed that, quote, my love has turned to hate. Tonight, when I go to the shooting range with Ryan, I want to turn around, shoot, and kill him, and play like it's an accident. In October of 2012, this fantasy of hers would end up becoming a reality. On October 11th, Hubers and Ryan had dinner with his family at Ryan's home. After the dinner, Hubers returned to her home, only to come back a few hours later, and the couple got in a huge argument. Ryan said that he wanted to completely end their relationship, which had dragged along at that point for 18 months, and Hubers would Furious, even more so when Ryan av- revealed that he already had a date scheduled for the next night. Fun fact: who turned out to be the 2012 Miss Ohio. It's not said if Hubers returned her place that night or if she ended up staying with Ryan. But the next morning, her mother testified to picking her up, and they went shopping throughout the day. At the end of the day, Hubers' mother tried to convince her to come and stay the night with her mom, but Hubers was adamant on staying the night with Ryan, even though she knew he had a date with another woman. Somehow, Ryan found out about Hubers' plans and used this time to return home and try to make Hubers leave, saying that he had no intention of staying the night with her. It was then at 8.53 p.m. on October 12, 2012, that a 911 call was placed from inside of Ryan's condo. Hubers was calling and said, Ma'am, I have killed my boyfriend in self-defense. She complied with the police directives, leaving the weapon on the ground and waiting outside for the arresting officers. Her story was that Ryan had beat her and that he wanted her out of his house and was trying to drag her out. She had run back inside and tried to grab her stuff to go, but he stopped her and told her he was going to kill her. When he pulled a gun, she managed to get the gun away from him and in doing so, it went off, killing Ryan. Now. If you're having a hard time believing this story, don't worry because so am I and that's because it's absolutely untrue. Police took Hubers in and couldn't question her because she immediately asked for a lawyer. It soon became clear, though, that just because they weren't going to ask her questions didn't mean that she would wait quietly. She spent two hours rambling to officers, a story that became more and more complex and convoluted. At one point, she remarked that, quote, Ryan was incredibly vain. He talked about getting a nose job, so I gave him one right here before tapping her own nose. Who does that when they're getting investigated for admitting to killing their boyfriend, even in, quote, self-defense? Ugh, I don't know. On camera, she could be seen and heard talking to herself, saying things like, I killed him, I did it, I killed him. She would also pace around the room, sing Amazing Grace, and dance. She also made sure to talk about the different ways that Ryan would abuse her and how she had been such a good girlfriend to him. Police detectives observed that it seemed like she couldn't decide which defense to take, the temporarily insane defense or a case of self-defense. Her stories began changing, and when asked how she knew he was dead, she would say it was because he was twitching. Quote, literally, that's when I knew that he was dead or close to it. The twitching and that was it. She goes on to say that because he was twitching, and she couldn't stand the thought of him dying slowly, she proceeded to shoot him five more times to finish him off. Ultimately, there was a lot of holes in the self-defense angle. While Hubers claimed that there was a fight and she had been pushed against bookshelves and knocked against tables, the house, when the house was investigated, everything was well kept and in place. She also stated that Ryan was lunging towards her when she shot the gun at him, but... Apparently from the position that his body was found in, it was more likely that he had been sitting at the table. There also, after interviewing friends and family, had been no outward history of physical abuse like Hubers had claimed, and Ryan's actions didn't seem to match that of the controlling boyfriend that Hubers made him out to be. Her trial was held in 2014, and while Hubers herself didn't take the stand, her social media and the messages she sent to and about Ryan were used. She also had three of her cellmates testify against her, saying that Hubers had had told them of how she had murdered Ryan. One of the cellmates named Cicely Miller said how Hubers had, quote, laughed about shooting him in the face and giving him the nose job that he'd always wanted. Another cellmate, Holly Nivens, said that Hubers had made the whole abuse story up and had tried to mess up the apartment herself before police came so it looked like objects had been thrown around. After five hours of jury deliberation, Hubers was found guilty and recommended the sentence of 40 years in prison. Unsurprisingly, there were arguments from hubers and her attorneys saying that they weren't allowed to present evidence that would have shown how Huber killed ryan in quote self-defense they also asked if the judge could recognize hubers as a victim of domestic violence which would reduce the amount of time she would need to serve for her sentence before becoming eligible for parole now after her conviction the judge officially sentenced her to 40 years in prison with parole eligibility after 20 years which was the jury's recommendation. The judge presiding over the case also stated that he didn't believe that Hubers had been the victim of domestic violence and that he had actually considered a sentence of greater than 40 years, but it didn't end there. After her sentencing, Hubers filed an appeal for her conviction, which was approved in August of 2014. So apparently the basis for this approval was that one of the jurors had actually had a previous felony conviction. And since this all took place in Kentucky, it is apparently it is illegal there to serve on a jury if you have a felony conviction so Hubers had a new trial which was supposed to begin in september 2017 but was delayed again until january of 2018 And then it was delayed another six months so that the out-of-state attorney working her case could prepare and then finally the second trial began on august 8th 2018. the second trial had the defense team really building its case around the claim that ryan had been abusing hubers and i guess to support this claim hubers ended up giving tons and tons of details about their sex life i'm not sure what it doesn't say exactly what or how that was supposed to help support but That's what's written in the story. Once again, though, the jury only took a few hours to deliberate and found Hubers guilty of murder, but her sentence this time was life imprisonment with the possibility of parole available in 2032. So she is currently serving her sentence at the Kentucky Correctional Institute for Women. And so concludes our story of Shana Hubers, who ended up getting sentenced an even longer sentence at her second trial. So as for tropes that she would fulfill for our Halloween horror bingo. I would say that she is a pretty good example of the, personally I feel like she kind of fits the quote psycho X where you get someone who is maybe more convicted of their love. Huh. Pun. I did intend that one. Then another person, um, and we get some of these in some other movies, like Fatal Attraction with Glenn Close, where she plays Alec and who a woman who's having an affair. When her lover tries to leave her, she kills his daughter's pet bunny rabbit and boils it on their stove. Um, we also get Mark Wahlberg in Fear, which was honestly probably one of the movies that scared me the most in high school. Mark Wahlberg plays David, who is obsessed with his girlfriend Nicole and ends up breaking. Her her best guy friend's neck and decapitating her family dog, and then also breaking into her house and trying to kill her whole family because they don't like them together. And the movie Obsessed, which has Allie Larder playing Lisa, who is a temp office worker, who has a crush on her boss, Idris Elba, and tries to kill his wife and him when he rejects her. And that concludes our episode for the week. I am so excited for Halloween, you guys, and I think I'm going to have a special Halloween episode come up, so I'll try and find maybe some interesting murders that occurred on Halloween to talk about, and we'll have a bonus episode for you guys if you're interested. Let me know what you thought of this episode today. I would love to hear from you guys, and hear if I left anything out, if you agreed with my classification, anything like that. Feel free to reach out to me at frumiusreads, that's F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S-R-E-A-D-S, And I am on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, any and all social media pretty much. You can also follow the podcast to stay up to date with all our new episodes on your podcast platform of choice. Spotify, Libsyn, Apple, basically anywhere and everywhere. Thank you so much for listening and stay spooky, friends. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.